Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 33 of Magic FM. I am Gabby Sparks, one of your hosts today, and I'm joined by Mashi Scanlon. As always, Mashi, welcome. How are you? I'm doing great, Gabby. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. We have, Mashi, a lot of stuff to talk about this week. Uh, among all the things that we're going to talk about, uh, there were some... New rules regarding this weekend's PT, which there is a pro tour going on this week, this weekend, by the way. I think some people don't know that that's going on. We have some unexpected bans that happened in Historic. And then we also have some depictions of racism in Magic, which also led to some more ban cards. So we have a very full episode today. We're going to go through all of our shout outs kind of quickly because we really have a lot to get to. But before we get there, let's do a shout out for Channel Fireball, the sponsor of the mm -hmm. podcast. Um, CFP is doing actually something really, really cool. It's called Credit for a Cause. Essentially, for the rest of June, you can turn your CFP credit into donations that support uh, a cause of your choice. And there's basically like three causes that are on here, which I'll tell people about in a second. But basically, you already either traded in cards or you have store credit that's sitting there and you're like, oh, I don't know, I haven't really used this for anything. I'm waiting for the day that I decide what I want to get with it. You can essentially go to channelfireball.com slash charity and then choose which charity you want to support. And it's going to add a token like a token for the cause into your cart. And then you just check out using your store credit. And then at the end of the month, CFB takes all those donations and then makes like in all the amounts that were received. And there's no limit to how much store credit you can use for this. So yeah. the causes that are being uh, supported with this initiative are the NAACP Legal Defense Fund, the Trevor Project, and WHO COVID-19 Response Fund. So there's also like a lot of things you can support um, via Credit for a Cause, which I thought was so cool, by the way. Who's, whose idea was this? I love it. The Credit for a Cause, man, I, it's so funny. This was, we had a marketing meeting mm -hmm. on the hot list, the how, how we can buy more cards through the CFB hot list. And a bunch of ideas came out. And then all of a sudden, we were like, how, what can we do here? Um, one of the things that we're trying to get much better about in our company culture is how do we give? What can we give more? Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I can't remember how all of a sudden it was like, what if we had an offer where you sell cards to us and instead of getting uh, cash back, you you can donate to a cause. And then that turned into, what if it was not the cash number, but the store credit number with a 30% bump? And then that became, well, what about all the store credit we have on the website right now? So we had we had to pause and spend about a day to figure out what would happen if literally 100%, oh, which is store, not going to happen, right. all of a sudden got cashed out. Could we do it? We were like, it would be... It would be very lean if we did that, but we think we can we can handle it. We and we don't think it's a reality anyway. But it, it came out of nowhere. I know. I I, I feel like it just suddenly appeared, and I, and and as mm -hmm. soon as I saw it, I was like, "Wow, this is brilliant! I love it! I think it's awesome!" But I I just didn't even like it didn't even occur to me that that's something you could do. So props to CFB for this. I thought that was really cool, and uh, there's still uh quite a bit of june left so if you have any store credit even if you're not sure might as well check because it could mm -hmm. be a really good thing to to do during this month my secret goal uh, i will share this uh, i've said this in the meeting is like i want to find a way to do this always uh mm -hmm. and, and we gotta start with june we gotta hem it in we can't just say we're always gonna do this thing right um, but i'd love to see something i mean there's there's a lot of hot things going on right now Right, you know, the NAACP Legal Defense Fund, you know, COVID, obviously, but there's always there's always giving that can be done, mm -hmm. uh, and obviously, we're highlighting certain charities right here, right now, because they are very, very important in this moment. Mm -hmm. But 
Um, you know, I, I would love to find a way for us to do this forever. Uh, I probably shouldn't have said that for the podcast, but whatever. You can quote me on that. Sure. I'm fighting for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think that's awesome. And yeah, I mean, at various points in time, there's always different charities that might need some help. So it would be cool if this were more of a recurring thing. But at least for the month of June, you can definitely go in, take a look at your CFB account, see if you have any credit. You could do something good with your store credit, especially if it's been. I know I've done that with some places. Like I just have like credit that's just sitting there. I don't have anything mm-hmm. that I need. So I'm like, oh, well, I just. I'll, I'll figure out when I need to use this. But right now, it could be a, a, a good way to, to and, spend those funds. And sometimes it's that leftover, right? You had $50 in store credit. You bought $40 in cars. You're like, oh, I don't. Okay, well, I've got this $10. And that's right. that's a lot of times people walk away from that on your Sephora card or whatever gift certificate you have. And it just never goes anywhere. Yeah. And so now, like, do, don't do not do that. Like, t- take the leftovers and do something great with it. That's, yeah, that's I, I think it's amazing. I did want to yeah. do another very quick shout out for something that's happening just because it's next week. So oh, yeah, yeah, just yeah. I want to get it on people's radar again since we've been, you know, talking about it over the past couple of weeks. But um, it is actually next weekend now. It is the June 27th showdown, the CFB Pro showdown. So we've talked about this before. The last one, Luis was the end boss. And mm-hmm. this time, Reed Duke is going to be the end boss. And if you have CFP Pro, you just get free entry into this. So just want to get it on your radar if you want to start maybe preparing for this tournament. I think it's going to be a fun one. They've changed the top eight structure now so that if the person who wins battles Reed and wins, it um, it doubles, right? The, it doubles the price. The top eight. The top, yeah. yeah, exactly. So everything doubles. People have a really good reason to, to root against Reed, which is funny because it's like so hard to root against Reed. But... Um, people, I think, I in the top it are going to be rooting for the player. I will say this. Reed has embraced... I mean, immediately for the first one, he he starts talking about how he always wanted to have like a Shao Kahn end boss type role. So he's getting for all you. I think if you are a CFB pro member and you are going to play in this event, start the smack talk now. Start adding Reed now. Oh, I think Tell that'd be great. Tell him you're coming he, for him. I, I, he's totally been rolling with it. I, I, I love it. He was like oh, talking awesome. smack in the last one. So was he. Oh yeah. I, I thought it was awesome. So yeah, it's going to be great. It's epic. And the, it's just the vibe, the feel, even if you're not going to play, come hang out. Cause like it really is a fun tournament, just a fun tournament. For sure. So I just wanted to set expectations a little bit for the rest of the podcast, because, um, we would have, you know, this was a week where we had a ton of different news and they were all like pretty meaningful. So we have trimmed down to the things that we thought we wanted to cover here. So, so some of the stuff at the beginning of the podcast, we might rush through it a little bit. We still want to talk about it, but the real like thing that we want to talk about in this podcast is going to be um, the depictions of racism in magic cards later on. Mm-hmm. So uh just wanted to set expectations that, yes, we're going to talk about all these other things. We might have to rush through them a little bit, but we, we really want to make sure we leave enough time to talk about um, the last piece more. So, there were a lot of news this week, Mosh. <laughs> there is. There, there really, really were. So uh, for those who have joined us or maybe if somebody has been listening from the very, very beginning of the podcast, you might remember our very first episode was a discussion about whether ghosting was ethical or not. Yep. For those who are not familiar, ghosting and stream sniping, which are basically the same thing, is mm-hmm. when, let's say I'm streaming and you realize that you're playing against me. So you pull open my stream, and then by looking at my stream, you get to see what cards are in my hand. And that gives you an unfair advantage, right? Because you're getting to take a look. It's like your thoughts easing me all the time without taking a card. You just get to see my card, my hand always. And I don't get to do that back to you. And this is a discussion that's been going on in the Magic community for 
basically since I can remember whether or not ghosting is ethical because the counterpoint to that is, well, the streamer gets advantage from their chat and that is, you know, and that is, um, I'm like leveling out the playing field by doing that. And kind of where we ended up with this discussion in that first episode that you and I talked about, and I think Luis was on it as well. Luis was on it. Was that there? it's kind of apples and oranges and it's not necessarily fair to compare both of them. Um, this weekend, there is a pro tour. And players tour. It's a players tour. Excuse me. You're totally right. It's a players tour. And um, it's happening all virtually. So it's all happening on Arena. And the players received an email from Wizards that said, well, I don't, I don't have the email itself, but it basically said that um, ghosting an outside... I have Reed's tweet. Reed Duke, he tweeted yes. out about the email. So I'm just going to read that so that people yeah, 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 have an idea of what this in is. A, is this a, in a move that that's, quote, to, uh, parentheses, to the best of my knowledge, unprecedented, Watsi has made ghosting and outside assistance illegal for the online players tour. I'm happy we can shift from discussing ghosting as a sportsmanship issue to simply calling it cheating. And I mean, when we when we tackled this initially, it was is ghosting ethical? I think that's actually that might be the name of our. I believe that's the name of the episode. One. Yeah. So Watsi has made it stand. That's it, Gabby. I guess we're done. Magic FM mission accomplished. <laughs> we had we had one goal when we launched this podcast. We've gotten there. So We've this, established this, it. This is the last episode. It took us less than a year. Final episode. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. We loved having you along for the ride. But we got there, fam. We got there. Oh, man, this is this is this is really. This is really something because they they did that, but then they also added one more piece to it, which is that the Pro Tour can be streamed. If you are somebody who, or player store, if you're someone who's playing in the player store this weekend, you can actually stream it. However, if you get outside assistance from your chat, you can get disqualified. So they basically covered both angles that we talked mm-hmm. about in that initial podcast. Yes, now ghosting is, according to them, cheating and can get you disqualified. But also getting the outside assistance from it could be anyone. It could be your chat. It could be somebody shows up with a sideboard guide. It could be that you're streaming and like your roommate shows up and is like, oh, I think you should have attacked with this thing. That all counts as outside assistance. And now that is also like a bannable offense. So those are the rules that they established. We can't really link you to a thing because this was an email that people got. But the discussion has been happening on Twitter. I'll link you to Reed's thing. Yeah. So Mashi. What do you think about this big change for this weekend's player store? I mean, I think it was it was inevitable, inevitable. Like, so when you when you distill it down, sh- streaming magic, particularly players like Reed Duke streaming magic, that is such an unqualified win for all of us in this community mm-hmm. for this game for for how we want to interact with it, and especially in a situation where we have right now with COVID, where we all want to watch this. Now, <laughs> would a lot of this be different if it was? No, you can't stream, but we have a spectator mode on Arena, so we could do that. Sure. I still think streaming is better because there's a lot of engagement you get with the person, being able to talk through things if, if they're able to. I, I don't know how much. I mean, certainly at my level, I, there's no way I would ever want to stream myself playing uh, a player's <laughs> I, just, I don't need that added stress, and I, of course. I, don't want to, I don't want to talk it out. I just want to think, right? But I think there's a ton of great, great engagement and interaction um, we have, I mean, for any of us listening for, for myself, for you, Gab, I mean, how, how many times have, have you ever thought to yourself, boy, I'd love to just be, you know, sitting on Huey Jensen's shoulder during this 
during this pro tour, during this mythic yeah. invitation, during this players tour and watch and see what's happening. And maybe, maybe if I'm lucky, catch some of his thoughts, be it LSV or, or uh, Reed or Huey, Huey Megu, yeah. whoever it is. I think that's just an awesome opportunity and I'm glad that we have it. Yeah, I completely agree. The one, the, the one thing that people like the thing that people are most talking about is how are you going to enforce this? So Reed also had a tweet in response to this. He said, uh, to those asking if it's enforceable, good question, but it's not the only question. As a competitive player, I don't enjoy having to choose between feeling scummy and feeling like I'm not playing at my greatest advantage. Now it's easy. Just follow the rules. So mm -hmm. basically, it, it is very hard to enforce this. Um, but I think there is a lot of benefit to having a rule that is established, even if it's not very enforceable, because I think it sets... It, it, it establishes grounds for which wizards can take action against someone before somebody could ghost and it wasn't necessarily considered cheating. It was a sportsmanship issue, as we talked about. Now we can just say, hey, it's cheating. Wizard says that it's cheating. They are going to take, you know, they, they will take action if they get to if they manage to find something like that. And I think that's yeah. really important. And, and having the rules important, they used to, the Gare, who is Channel Fireball president and CEO, John Sasso's father, mm -hmm. the founder of Superstar Sports Inc., used yeah. to say, you know, locks keep honest people honest. Having those rules in place, they just, they give you, the, this is exactly what Reed's getting at, where he's like, they give you the right answer. Mm -hmm. You want to do the right thing, but we're gamers. We want to maximize value. But maximizing value has those lines, right? You can't cheat. You can't draw extra cards. Drawing extra cards illegally, that is great value if you're a magic player, but it's against the rules. Right, of so, course. And, uh, you know, if you are a gamer, you must abide by the rules. That's the point of playing a game. Otherwise, why are you playing? So this is great. This is a great rule. These are the rules of the game. Now abide by them. And I think it's a wonderful move for Wizards. Yeah, I, I really like the rules that are not enforceable necessarily, but can set precedent because, and I I found someone, hold on. I found somebody who had a response that just kind of like summed up my my entire take on the situation. It was uh, Mordot7 who responded to Reed's tweet that says, there's no way to enforce this, but it does allow them to take action against whoever is stupid enough to do it in a way that gets them caught. So yeah. basically, if, you know, it, it is so hard to enforce because some people were suggesting things like do a capture screen so you can see exactly what you're seeing on your monitor. And it's like, you know what? There's other monitors. If you really wanted to, mm -hmm. you could have a laptop next to you. Like, yeah. there's just there's so many ways you, you could get around it if you wanted to. But if somebody actually manages to get caught doing it, it's a slam dunk. Like wizards are just gonna be like, no, we said this wasn't allowed. Nah, like disqualified. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's good. They had it was a must. I really think it was a must, and I'm glad they did it. Yeah. So I think it's gonna be cool. I the the way that some other people are gonna um handle this is they're gonna stream with a delay. Because that makes sure that you can't like let's say Luis is considering streaming it this weekend, which is cool. I'm gonna mm -hmm. I'm gonna watch. And I think he's going to stream it with a two-minute delay. And what that's going to mean is he can't get input from the chat because what we're seeing as chat versus what he's seeing is two minutes in the past. So we're going to get to see what he did. And then two minutes later, we get to comment like, oh, no, I can't believe that they drew the spell or I can't believe this thing happened. And that mm -hmm. means that there's like he couldn't possibly be getting advantage from the chat because the chat's not even seeing anything that's up to date. So I think a lot of people, and that is what they recommended to them. They recommended a, a two-minute delay, which is not a ton of time, but it is kind of like the minimum amount of time to make sure that you definitely didn't get any sort of right. like advice or help from chat. So I think most people are probably going to stream with a two-minute delay if they are streaming it. 
Um, I don't know what it's going to be like for the people who actually are going to stream it live. Like, how do you figure out what it what counts as outside assistance or not? Like, that's kind of weird, right? I think, I mean, I assume there's a way you can disable chat. You can. And so, you know, I have, um, I have a Discord with my mods in it. And we were, you know, Luis went in there asking the mods to make sure they're around this weekend to moderate the channel because, you know, this one's a high stakes one. It's a, it's a player's tour. And uh, something you can do is you could turn on something like a follower or sorry, you can turn on followers only mode so nobody comes in and to troll. And then mm-hmm. you can also turn something like only emojis on. Like that's a feature that you have on Twitch. So people, instead of writing words, could just type emojis. You definitely are not getting an advantage when you're doing that. Sure. But that also means that people can't chat. Well, I mean, I, I, I assume it's like a toggle back and forth thing. Like if Luis could maybe like maybe have chat or emoji only enabled during gameplay and then in between rounds be able to chat with people. I don't know. I don't know how it would work. And obviously I'm not a streamer, so I'm not sure how you really deliver the best kind of entertainment and engagement uh, in that medium. It is pretty hard to engage with anyone in chat when the delay exists because you can't you can't turn off like in a stream of you if you're delayed by two minutes you're already delayed by two minutes you can't just be like okay now you see everything in real time you you can't you can't move back and forth so if you fire the you if you fire up with two minute delay you're on the two minute delay for as long as you stream Mm. so that's why i think it's probably safest to stream with a two minute delay but also it does make interacting with a streamer harder. That said, like I would love to watch some of these players play their their players tour and just be able to watch. Like it feels oh, like yeah. it feels so cool. Yeah, it, it, it'll be awesome. I mean, there could be value in just disabling chat and be like, hey, I, hey, everyone, I you know, I'm not being, I, I got to play this event. I don't want any outside assistance. Those are the rules. Mm-hmm. But I'll talk you through what I'm thinking, and you know, let's chat at the end of the tournament or, you know, tomorrow we'll do a rundown and I'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a yeah. tough situation. It's going to be cool though. I, we're going to get to come back here next week and kind of see like, Hey, how did the players tour the first online players tour where the people could actually stream? How did it go? And I guess we'll find out also if like random people got banned because they were getting just, outside. Of, so I guess we'll report back with our findings. It's going to, it's going to be cool though. I'm looking forward to this weekend. Do you think, uh, do you think this favorite uh, online players tour? Favors Luis or does not favor Luis? Um, I think it does not favor Luis. Same. How about Reed? I don't. I don't think it. I don't think it uh, favors any player who. I think all the best players get a little extra advantage by being them because you sit down in front of any of them and you're like, oh my god, they're a Hall of Famer. Oh my god, they probably have it. Like I've I've had that experience. Even just playing in like little team drafts at Grand Prix that I've played with them. And I'm just like, oh my God, they probably have it. And they don't have anything. They have three lands in hand, but I just like, I feel that way. And I know I'm not the only person who feels that way. Whereas when you're playing against someone online, it's just like, it just feels so far removed. You're just like, I don't know. I'm just playing another arena game. Like I have played games on arena that have been for very high stakes that just felt like I'm playing in the ladder and it doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. So and there's also something to be said for being able to bluff in real life or being able to read your opponent. Totally. I think Although Luis you, is good at both of those things. There is reading people on Arena too. Like that is a mm-hmm. that is a thing too. But it is different than reading your opponent in person, for sure. Yeah, I feel like if I was playing blue on Arena, I'd always want a cycling card in hand just because it auto stops everything. Yeah, there are ways you like, can get it, around do they have that. A, do they have a counter spell? No, they just have the opportunity to cycle right yeah, now. Yeah, but yeah. Arena is telling you there's a counter spell. So yeah. For sure. 
Um, so that's uh, the update on ghosting and getting outside assistance. They are now both banned. We, we did it, Mashi. We, we, we did we it. There. We really got we there. So then there was another ban that was very unexpected. Um, it happened on, I want to believe, I want to say it was this Monday. I think it, it was, was, it was it Monday. Yeah. It was Monday. So, because I was recording the Monday meta. And I oh, saw they happened? Oh, my gosh. Live on the Monday meta with Martin. <laughs> That's All amazing. Hey, Venona just got banned. Amazing. So this was the update. It says, we have a suspension update for Historic. Uh, we have decided to suspend the Winoda Joiner of Forces effective today at 2 p.m. Pacific time. Learn more here, which links you to a, an article that I'll have in the show notes. And uh, if if you've been paying attention, this happened out of the blue because last week on the Monday also, there was a ban and restricted announcement and Wizards had made a new policy for how they were going to treat their new bans that were upcoming. They were going to give you a week of time. So they were basically going to say, like, let's say they say this today. In a week from now, there's going to be a ban announcement. And then a week from now, you'd find out what it is. So that had happened the previous week, which means this ban came out of the blue. Like, mm -hmm. they didn't announce it. They didn't say, like, this is coming. They were just like, oh, by the way, this was also banned. <laughs> yeah. It was, I mean, it, granted, she was on the suspended list, but nobody... Everyone thought that was just a placeholder for another Monday or two Mondays from now. Uh, but no, it, it just happened. Boom. No, she wasn't suspended in historic. She was around. Oh my gosh, that's, you're that, so right. That's I'm why it was fires. You're thinking that's right. That's why it was such a big deal. Agent. Because remember, I, and I, I want to give us some credit, Mosh. We, when we talked about the ban and restricted that happened two weeks ago, I was like, hey, you know what? I think it's kind of nonsense that Winota didn't get banned. And I really yeah. would have liked to see more blood in this ban. Like, I, I wish more cards would have right. gotten banned. If we're already banning all this stuff, it feels like, why didn't you ban this card that is clearly problematic in the format? Yeah. And everyone that we spoke to about Historic was like, oh my gosh, get Winota out of there. Out of she's, here. Like, she's why did you ban problem. Agent of Treachery? That's Agent Nobody of Treachery doesn't, doesn't, no one cares. Ban yeah. Winota. Yeah. So this is what Wizards had to say about the ban. They said, since Ranked Historic returned in late May, we have been closely watching decks using Winota, Joiner of Forces. The early data for this deck showed that it was both popular and strong. Since the deck was so new to the format, we wanted to allow some time to see how the rest of the field adapted. And, although, and though the field had recently shifted due to last week's announcement, the data that is not significantly reducing the performance of the deck. In fact, with the data now available, we see popularity roughly doubling since the emergence of the win rate <laughs> remaining Oops. problematically high. Oopsies. Uh, we see the popularity... Oh, sorry. Uh, decks using Winoda of forces currently represent too large of a portion of the historic metagame and the quality of enablers. Uh, it just keeps going for a while, basically. Yeah. Winoda is suspended now. No, banned. Uh, Isn't it banned? I think... Oh, it's suspended. No, it's, it's suspended. suspended. Right. All cards in Historic go through the cycle of first getting suspended and then getting banned, banned, which we have talked in previous episodes, mm -hmm. which is like kind of weird, but whatever. It's it, Essentially, it is banned. Uh, Mashi, did as you, our Monday meta expert, <laughs> what did you... What do you think? I guess we had already talked about Winota, so we don't really need to keep going on that point. What do you think about this like random ban that just happened a week after actual bans were announced. I actually have no problem with that. I don't like announcing as you know, and this is part, part of this is like the retailer side of this too, where it's like, I don't, I don't like saying, Hey, we may, we have an announcement in a week. So nobody play anything, nobody do anything, nobody, you know, cash in any wild cards, nobody buy any singles. Cause that's what happens is an awful chilling effect. And, and by the way, a lot of us are like, why bother playing? I think this card's going to get banned, right? I'm not going to, I'm not going to, 
you know, play with it. So that's part one. I, I, I hate that, uh, that effect. So I'm happy. Wake up on a Monday, something suspended. Okay, great. Yeah, I, I'm happy to live my life that way. What I really don't like about this one, this suspension, is, and I, I don't know if you uh, caught wind of this, they're not giving you your wild card back. Well, if they if it gets banned, then they'll give you the wild cards back. Because cards stay in the suspended list for a while before they get banned. Mm-hmm. But the, the whole idea that they could, you can still play Venota in standard means you can't get your wild card back. And I think that that's, that's really rough for the historic players. I think that just give uh, give, give everyone that if it was me, this came out of the blue. I think it's better that it comes out of the blue like this. I like that process, but that's not the process they've trained everyone for. Mm-hmm. So this did catch a lot of people off guard because they're like, wait a minute, this is not how you normally do things. So a lot of people in historic got caught off guard. We want to encourage historic. I think I think that Arena and Wizards really wants to encourage historic. So let's keep those players happy. They're not. They don't want to play standard. Like if you're a historic player, I mean, I think there's probably a lot of crossover. But let's just imagine for a second, there's died in the wool historic players. I'm sure they're out there. That you know they invested a lot in this deck. Giving them the wild cards back for Venota doesn't give them anything for all the other cards that they ground to get their Venota deck together. Yeah. So. I just think it's low-hanging fruit. Just like hand them those wild cards. You that know, would, you that would be just a very easy way to do it. It really, I don't think, would cost yeah. them that much. And I think it would make people feel better. Honestly, my problem with this whole thing, I agree with what you're saying. My pro- my biggest problem with it is, what did they think was going to happen? This was already a problem. Then they banned some cards that made it, oopsies, more way more popular. They're saying it made it twice as popular. And so it was so bad that they had to do this emergency unprecedented ban when it should have been gone in the first place. That that makes me a little nervous because it means that they had a very poor grasp on what was happening in Historic and what would happen if they banned the other cards. That's the thing that really bothers me. I I didn't look into this. I didn't do the research on this, but I think I have the answer. Do you remember the last time we had an emergency ban? Uh, it Wasn't it Felidar Guardian? I think so. It was the cat. And yeah. it's the exact same situation, right? Where you go, wait a minute. Hey, everyone, we had the opportunity to ban this on the right timeline at the right time. And you didn't do it. And the world was like screaming to get rid of um, Sahili Rai and Felidar Guardian, right? That that combo, at least yeah. some piece of that color. Right? And that's a, it, it, the Venona ban feels very, very similar to that Felidar Guardian ban to me. The yeah. world knew this was a problem. You thought, Maybe the metagame would adjust or maybe, hey, if we get rid of fires and agent, the only thing it could be is that is going to remove that, that those cards have been oppressing, holding down a different deck in the format. And then that deck's going to rise up and that will counter Winota. And that just didn't happen. That other deck was Winota. <laughs> That's what happened, right? right? So, so. To, to be fair to Wizards, people complain about every card in every format. Like I've I've seen people ask for some cards to get banned where I'm just like, how how do you think this card needs banning? Like, it's just so far out of the range of a card that would possibly get banned. So to be fair to them, everybody does ask for everything to get banned all the time. That is just a thing that Magic players do. But also to be less fair to them, it, it literally is their job to figure out what would happen if they banned yeah. these cards. So they banned the other two cards and made this way more popular. The card that people initially were saying, hey, it's too powerful in the format. So... I thought it was a little loose. I guess I overall I'm happy that it happened, but it was just like, oh man, this is just that 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 that. Well, and I wonder if it's a self fulfilling prophecy in the sense, and this is I hadn't thought about this till just now, just listening to what you were saying. Mm-hmm. 
how many players? I mean, there's got to be. I feel terrible about this now. Uh, they really should have given those wild cards back. How many players looked at this ban and said, "Oh, coast is clear. Time to build my Winona deck." Because people do that, right? Oh you go, my you god, go I hadn't even BNR. thought of that. You're totally right. You because right. I, I bet you a lot of people were like, "I'm not going to build Winona. It's going to get banned on Monday." Uh, they wake and- up. Fires and Asian is banned, and they go, "Oh my gosh, we're <sighs> clearly the best deck. Let me go build it right now." Holy and then a moly, week you're later, totally right. Also, like I give that advice to anybody who asks me, like, "Hey, I'm thinking about building this deck." I'm like, "Hey, there's a banned and restricted announcement mm-hmm. coming in a week. Just wait until that happens, wait. and then you can just make sure that you're buying a deck that you want." You're so right. I hadn't thought about that till literally just now. I was like, "Wait a minute, wow, what if that I feels did- bad. It feels really bad. It feels it feels because I was looking at building some decks in standard. I mm-hmm. actually did this." Uh, and then I was like, let me, I think it's just going to be fire as an agent. Maybe Luca's gone. I don't know. I wasn't going to build anything with Luca, but I was like, you know why I have decks built. I'll just wait till Monday and build. Of course I haven't gotten around to building those decks, but anyway, it does happen. And I feel, I just, I really feel bad for those players. Cause if there's gotta be a swath of there players. There for like, sure okay. is a lot of feel bads with that. You're, you're completely right. So I guess overall it's good that Winona got banned. It was a little clown shoes the way this happened, mm. but mm. I, I'd rather, I would totally. much rather they actually make that. Like that they may, instead of trying to save face and say like, hey, we have another announcement coming in a week that, that they just go for it. I think yeah. that is better. And I think Historic is going to be better off because of it. Yeah. Make the right decision, but make make the people who are really hurt by it whole. Do the best yeah, you can. Yeah, you should. I, it seems like a very small thing to give back those car- those wild cards for. Yeah, that was kind of like a bait and switch a little bit. I hadn't even thought of that. You're completely yeah. right. Yeah. All right, Mosh, we are down to the third topic. We're there. there. So I think to set the tone of the conversation, I want to read what Wizards said, like what they said in their announcement. uh, So people Mm -hmm. kind of are up to speed with what has happened. And then we can just kind of start our discussion from that point. Mm -hmm. So on June 10th, uh, Wizards posted an article onto Daily MTG, which I will link, and Magic.gg also, which I will link on the show notes. And it reads as follows. Uh, Today, we will be changing the multiverse ID and removing the gatherer card image for the card invoked prejudice originally printed in 1994. The card is racist and made even worse by the multiverse ID. It was unfortunately codified with years ago. There's no place for racism in our game nor anywhere else. But to that point, it should never have been published nor placed in gatherer. Gatherer is the place where all the cards live. Essentially, it's like the card database. And for that, we are sorry. The events of the past weeks and the ongoing conversation about how we can better support people of color have caused us to examine ourselves, our actions, and our inactions. We appreciate everyone helping us recognize when we fall short. We should have been better, we can do better, and we will be better. To that end, we will be removing the number of images from our database and the racist or, cult- or culturally offensive, including Invoke Prejudice, Cleanse, Stone Throwing Devils, Pradish Gypsies, Jihad, Imprison, and Crusade. Replacing those card images with, will be the following statement. Quote, we have removed this card image from our database due to its racist depiction, text, or, combi- or combination thereof. Racism in any form is unacceptable and has no place in our game nor anywhere else. Additionally, these cards will be banned in all sanctioned tournament play. There's much more work to be done as we continue to make our games, communities, and company more inclusive. Know that we work every day to be better and we hear you. We look forward to sharing more of our plans with you as our games and organization evolve. Um, all right. So that was that was the ban, which was big news because this is something that people kind of have been calling for for a long time already. Um, specifically Invoke Prejudice, which is a very, very racist card. 
Um, Mashi, what do you think? How was the? We're gonna we're gonna break this conversation down into how the community reacted to it and also how we feel about it. So how how was the community reaction to this? So let me let me take a step back and just give some context sure. to to me and, and and I'll speak for myself. Uh, we talked b- before we went live, so some of this is for you too, and you feel free to jump in and moderate. But I'll speak for myself. Here. Sure. This there's a lot going on in our country, uh, in our world today, uh, that has been going on for a very long time, um, but we're seeing a lot more because of social media and cameras and phones and stuff. And um, obviously, the race, the topic of racism, which is you know. Look, I'm born and raised in America. Um, it's part of our cultural identity. Unfortunately, I think it's an unfortunate part of the cultural identity of this country. Uh, and I come to this topic struggling. I come to this topic as a person of color and, and Gabby, a person of color, joining me on this topic um, with trepidation. And I actually uh, – I, I have a therapist. I have a great therapist. Uh, everyone everyone should have a therapist, by the way. We should normalize therapy. I think therapy is wonderful. And uh, certainly my time in therapy has made me a better man, a better husband, a better person uh, in many different ways. So I encourage that and we should normalize it just right there. But I spoke to him for quite some time yesterday about, hey, we're going to talk about this on, on this podcast I do. And I'm nervous. I'm nervous uh, about the topic. Uh, about saying something insensitive and inappropriate. And so what I'd like to do is put this disclaimer out there for both of us. We've just, again, I, I wouldn't speak for Gabby without talking to her first. So we spoke about this and just, just saying like, you know, this is an opportunity where all of us are, I hope, engaging and learning. And in a podcast, this is, this is, this has come into our area of the community very, very explicitly, but it's part of our lives everywhere in this country and really in the world. Um, so it should be talked about. We should have these conversations. We should address them as they come to us. We should engage them even if they aren't coming to us because that's how that's how we conquer these things. But part of conquering these things is conquering ignorance. And so if we misspeak, if I misspeak, if Gabby misspeaks, let us know at us. Um, one of the things in these discussions I'm having in my private life and in my professional life is we need to not be defensive. We need to have our ears open. We need to listen. Even when we're dealing with people who are ignorant, who don't understand, who are asking questions. Sometimes people ask questions, and I, I have said this to a lot of people, like, why? Are, I, I think you need to ask yourself why you're asking this question. Are you just trying to do a gotcha thing? You try to say, like, well, Mashi, uh, you, you're for Black Lives Matter, but what about this? What about this? And I say, look, I'm not interested in engaging you if you're just going to, if you want to just get me. Oh, I got you. What about this? Or I got you. What about that? That There's no, that's not what this is about. This is about, I have ideas. Uh, I'd like to share them with you. I'd like you to engage with them. If you have ideas, if you want to challenge those ideas, okay, share them with me. Let's talk about it. But if it's just, I'm going to get you and you're going to get me, that's nothing. So I want to learn. I want to speak about this. If I overstep, if I say something wrong, let me know. You know, I, And I won't be defensive. I'll engage with it and I'll learn from it. And that's all any of us can do in this. I hope that's the legacy of this whole moment in time. This zeitgeist is we continue a conversation. I hope episode 100, episode 200, we're still having this conversation in our lives, whether it's on Magic FM or not, we're still having this conversation in our lives because what we don't want is for this to blow over, get swept under the rug, and then see it again and remember like, oh yeah, that's right. This has been happening the whole time. So that's my very general disclaimer. No, I think I think it's really good to kind of set that also so that people know like, hey, having some of these conversations is really tough. Like Mashi and I spent a lot of time before this podcast talking about how we could best approach this topic. And that's because these conversations are hard to have, but that is how real change and growth happens. Because sometimes it's going to be uncomfortable. Sometimes you're going to say things wrong and and it's Mm -hmm. fine. 
that that is part of learning that is part of understanding that is part of being a better ally is sometimes being wrong being okay with people calling you out on it and, and being able to take mm -hmm. something from that being able to learn yeah. how to do better in the future and i think wizards kind of kickstarts this conversation also by doing this that that is a little bit of what they're doing with this band they're they're also kind of signaling that as well yeah and so uh now back to your uh, your question is how has the community reacted to this? And it's, um, there have been varying degrees of reaction. <sighs> I think that I don't want it, to, it's really hard to not be critical uh, in many ways of what Wizards, how Wizards has engaged with our community as a whole and the community that is very, very upset about racial and culturally insensitive depictions in magic cards and, and within the company. Um, there's an open letter out there that I think has kickstarted a lot of this mm -hmm. that went to Wizards of the Coast um, and said a lot of things and really – I, I think that there, there, there's a connection between an open letter. Zane Begg had an open letter he tweeted out and where we're at now with these bannings. I think that, I think there's almost a one-to-one -one there. And I think the community comes to this with, with um, a mixed bag, I would say very broadly in the sense that I think some people – are approaching this with like, okay, hey, this is maybe a great first step, but we need to see more. And some people are saying, hey, we've been asking for this for years, but that actually wasn't what was on the menu today, right? There was a lot about diversity in hiring practices, diversity in artists, diversity in storytelling. That's kind of what we were talking about today. You came at us with this banning that we've been asking for for a very long time, and it doesn't feel good that you've done it that way. That's that's my that's my very yeah. broad stroke take on where the community's at. Agreed. It it's rough because I think there's two parts to this. The first part is people have been asking for this for a long time, and it's the fact that it, it needed to get this bad for something to have happened, right? And I think that's where a lot of people are upset at wizards. And the other thing is. <laughs> poor mush's camera is just like my, so my unfocused well me. don't worry for next episode there you go you're perfect for next episode we'll i'll work with you to make sure that it's focused always um i think part of part of this too is feeling like it feels like such a i, I think probably the biggest criticism that they've received over this is that it this feels like it's just kind of a show and not meaningful like, it feels like it's kind of cheap in some ways because it's like, yeah, this is the bare minimum. How could this have not happened before? And this doesn't actually really help change the problems in the world that much. Like, these are things that should have happened a long time ago. It took this much to actually get them changed. And this doesn't really tackle any of the things that, you know, like Zane talked about in his letter, for example, which is, you know, what is workplace diversity like at Wizards of the Coast? And... I think overall, a lot of people were very upset about how little this is. To be fair to Wizards, it could be that this is the first step. They do say that that's what they want to do. But the problem is, if this isn't followed up with some meaningful change, then it really was just like signaling. Then it was just for show, you mm -hmm. know? I think so. You know, I have to do a lot of different. I, I engage with a lot of different PR aspects in Channel Fireball for CFP mm -hmm. events company, uh, and I unfortunately do have to do a lot of that. You know, it's, it's different things happen, and 
One of the things I always say that I think is the most important thing for, for anything is you want to get ahead of the story. Uh, you want to get ahead of, of, of things. And you, you, if something catches you by surprise, you got, you're reactive in the instant, but you got to find a way to get proactive. This, is, this, by the way, is straight out of the Olivia Pope scandal playbook. <laughs> I learned a lot. I, I'm no joke. I watched, I watched Scandal for like the first five or six seasons. And, and I think it's a fun show. It's definitely like a soap opera, but it's a fun ride. But she does crisis management, right? And one of the things that's always get ahead of the story and find a way to be proactive because that's how you take control of the narrative. That's how, that's how you really you know, can get in there. My concern with this, this move is it's very reactive. And when you say it's step one, okay, the proactive way to do this is to say, maybe take some more time, figure out what you're going to do. It's a very difficult situation the company's in. I get it. But maybe take a week because if this banning happens now, or if this banning happens next week, I don't think it, I don't think it changes the world. Take that time to figure out what maybe a little bit longer term plan is and then say, and okay, so here it is. Step one is this, and we're doing it right now. Boom, count it. And by the way, here's step two, step three, step yes, four. This I is what you can completely expect to see in agree. the future. I think part of, like, that's what I'm frustrated about with this announcement. Like, yes, good. You know, get rid of the racist cards. That's, that's good. Mm -hmm. But it also feels like, it's so little in the grand scheme of things and all the problems there are in the world. I would have liked to see more of a plan from them about what they're meaningfully trying to do to improve on all these on all these issues. But the way this just came out, it was just like, hey, we did these things and we're going to do better. And that's just but not really. That yeah, that doesn't yeah. really do it for me. You know, like I I. I had a pretty mixed reaction when I saw this too, because it was like, yeah, good, you did this thing, but what else are you going to do? And and this is a position that Wizards puts themselves in because they do talk the talk, right? They, mm -hmm. they are a company that has made commitments for a lot of things, including, you know, they've they do a lot of stuff for like the LGBTQ community or they do fundraisers and things like that. They've tried to do a lot of things to make the game more inclusive to women, etc. And it's because they say that they're committed to doing these things that it feels so hollow that this yeah. is what what has happened so far. It just feels well, you, you know, know, this is the, the, you identify whether you identify and and this isn't just about, you know, being liberal, you can be conservative. You can, it can be the NRA. It can be white nationalism at, at an extreme level, or it can be you know being very very progressive. At a certain point, the butcher's bill comes due. You can't just say it and ride the wave that you get there. And, and I think I do think Wizards. Like I know a lot of people at Wizards of the Coast. They are trying to do the right thing. It's very hard. I don't want to make excuses for them. Large corporations move slowly. Yeah. That's what it is. It's not a mom and pop shop. You can't turn the switch right away. Everyone I I. Every person I know at Wizards of the Coast. I mean, freaking Cheon works there for God's sake. But like, I mean, there are people there that work there, that have worked there, that I consider friends, that they want to do the right thing. And it is just as you and I making this podcast are really trying to find the way to intelligently engage, do the right thing. They're doing the same thing in, in, in Renton. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Now, are they maybe... Do, do we have advice? Are we armchair quarterbacking with different ways they could maybe do it better? Sure. That's part of the game. I do want to say something uh, real quick. Um, Rich Shea has been tweeting about this, and he had a lot to say uh, about um, the banning of jihad. And it's part of the way we're talking about it. So we got we to watch our lexicon, too, where we're talking about this as racist bans. And he highlighted a lot of things. He's, I guess he's um, – I think he was a quarter Lebanese. Yeah, and a quarter I, ha I have it here. He Syrian. 
or yeah, quarter Syrian, a quarter, quarter Lebanese. Mm-hmm. Um, and he felt, you know, he, one of the things we talk about is, is, as, as minorities, people of color or any kind of minorities is being seen, a feeling seen. Mm-hmm. And I think when I read his tweets and you should definitely take a look at them. Oh, the thread is fantastic. I'll make sure that's and, linked in the show notes as yeah. well. And it's clear, it's clear that when he saw Arabian Nights as a set, he felt seen. I'm kind of putting words in his mouth. That's what that's what I interpreted his his message there. Like I felt seen with this set, and um, he talks about you know the 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 banning of jihad. It's and he felt that it was racist doing that because it's not a race, right? It's it's this is a this is and the original statement mentions improper cultural representations, and I think gleaning from the thread. That is an okay stance, but to say that jihad is racist, culturally insensitive, that's one thing, not racist. And I think that it's very, very interesting where as we, as wizards and as all of us kind of navigate our way through this, you need to be receptive to that kind of thing. You need to be able to say, okay, you you can't do the right thing for the wrong reasons. You have to have the right reasons. That's the learning moment. And the other thing that a lot of, a lot of areas I think where wizards is getting a lot of flack. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think which Rich Shay, I don't know if it's Rick or Rich. I apologize. Uh, it's I don't rich. know if it's, I'm pretty is sure. it Rich? Okay. Okay. Uh, I, I'm going to say Rich. I apologize if it's Rick. Um, Big Amashi, I don't like him. People mispronounce my name, but I just don't know what to go here. But uh, <laughs> one of the things we're seeing here, and one of the questions that's come up quite a lot in this discussion is, hey, who are you talking to? Who, who, who? Who, who did you talk to to decide which cards you mm-hmm. wanted to ban? At, you, you're completely right. That is just like one of the biggest criticisms they're facing right now. And one of the ways, and I, I just talked about this, about being reactive versus being proactive. If we get too reactive, we get ham-fisted and we start trying to do what we think is right. One of the best ways. One of, you know what, and, and I say this as a man, a, 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 a man, a married man, like you want to be proactive. You want to you be a proactive man in this society or a proactive boyfriend or a proactive partner or a proactive friend, here's the most proactive thing you can do. I'm going to give you some life advice here. Listen. That's it. Listen. That is the most proactive thing because you're going you're gonna to learn so much. You're going to hear so many things. And the first step to being proactive in any situation is to listen to what's happening, what your partner's saying, what your friends are saying, what this community is saying. And I think that's a real struggle right now because when you're when you're defensive and scared, you don't want to do that. You don't want to listen. You're like, no, no, I, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix it. Don't worry, guys. I got it. I'm going to fix it. But that you're, when you do that, you're not listening anymore. And so you, we got to listen. You just, you got to listen. That, that, no, I, I, I totally agree. And one of the things that you actually bring up in that point, which is, um, I think, one of the other points that the community at large had with regards to Wizards announcement was, who, how did you go through this process of deciding which cards you were going to deem racist slash culturally inappropriate? And what do things look like at Wizards, like, like inside the company? People are saying, hey, instead of, how about instead of spending all this time and effort and money and resources going through gatherer. This is this is a point Ari Lax made actually, um, mm-hmm. and I'll link his thread on the description as well. But he was saying, how about instead of spending all this time and effort deciding which cards you want to ban from gatherer, you put that time and effort into hiring more people of color, more black artists. If you had more representation within your company, then then you would have been able to have this conversation in a more productive way. And then this wouldn't have happened in the first place. Being well-meaning is, it's tough. 
there's there's a book called Farewell to Manzanar that was um, written by Ginny Watsky Houston, and she was interned. She was Amer- born born and raised in America, and mm. she ended up being uh, interned during World War II. And the stories she tells about like just like the food she was served. So, for instance, in Japanese cuisine, I'm half Japanese. So, in Japanese cuisine, rice is not a, a, a sweet dish; it's a savory. You know, it's a, it's, it's kind of a, a a a grain and a staple. You can have rice based things that are sweet, but just like white rice, gohang, you just eat that. And she tells a story about how they would serve rice and they would pour like peaches, uh, syrupy peaches on top of the rice. And everyone was like, what are you doing? Like, this is crazy. You can't do this. So there's an element of trying. Of course, they're they're locked up in camps. So let's not not make it like they were trying too hard. But there's an element of trying, but just going in the wrong direction. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of how I feel with, with some of this. And like I said, like, I think there are a lot of, there's a huge community. And what you said at the start, Gabby, is super important. We, I know we were talking about banning Zuinota, right? There are a lot of voices and it's very loud. And I understand it's hard to know which voice to listen to, right? Mm-hmm. In the context of bannings, like everyone wants every card they just lost to ban and then they scream at wizards for it. Well, in this context, there's a lot of people screaming at wizards. And I, I feel for the community management, the customer service management, whoever is hearing this, because I, I get it's a cacophony. And there's a lot of voices and you don't, maybe you don't know, but there are people you could probably turn to, you trust. There's probably companies you can pay who will come in and help you like review this stuff, look at this stuff. And again, no one expects that to happen. I don't think, I don't think it's reasonable to say, and that's happening today at noon. But if you have a multi-point plan where it's like, we're going to start with this because we think this is the right move. And then they hear it's not and they go, okay, hey, geez, but you know, step two is bringing in this company and you know, step three is whatever transparency with their hiring practices. That's that's what I'm saying is if if this is something that's truly important, I, I would like to see more substance to it and not just an article that came out on Wednesday with a footnote that says, we look forward to changing more of our plans as our game and organization evolve because we are here to hear you and we want to be inclusive. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I, given how things are, I would like to see more. And oh, I think- yeah, and, and once again, I don't want to throw stones on the fact that I do think that they did do something good here. Like maybe it's bad that it took this long for it to happen. I do think this was a good thing that happened, but it just feels like it needs to be it needs to be followed up with more. And mm-hmm. that will be the biggest it will it will be it will be I will be very disappointed if we just don't see any more action come from this. If what we got from this whole thing was we banned these cards. Yeah. I mean, and half measures, half measures can be so harmful, right? Half measures turn into, well, we did it, mission accomplished. No, you, 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 you took the first step. You didn't get all the way. But a lot of times when we take half measures in life, we think, well, we, we, we did this and uh, we always intended to do more, but well, we're, we know, hey, we did this. And then you just walk away from it, right? And you see this a lot just strategically. This is the attorney part of it. You see this a lot in legal battles. Right where it's like we didn't want to win that case because because we won that case the next case just got decided by that case we went with that so like for instance abortion jurisprudence there's a lot of it's very jury rigged together Roe v Wade uh, into KCV Planned Parenthood into like Ahute now like it, it keeps changing but because we didn't get that solid victory I'm very sorry uh, cards on the table I'm I'm very very pro choice but because we didn't get that solid pro choice victory with Roe as a plurality and then Casey just kind of limped along we've never gotten that very solid uh, pro-choice win legally. And it, it just turns into half measure and half measure and half measure. And that's so much more harmful. It's almost like, I, I, please don't take this the wrong way. As I said, I'm overwhelmingly pro-choice. It's almost like you want to take that loss 
so that you drive through, you get that imp, that, that that momentum to drive through and to get actually the actual see win. meaningful change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that being said, I don't want to see any women's reproductive rights rolled back. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> of course, yeah. This is it's rough because I think Wizards is in a really tough position here, and I do want to acknowledge that there are a lot of companies that I know of that are blatantly racist or. There's, there's just like all these companies that are really, really kind of scummy, right? And no one's really giving them that much grief because it, it's almost like people just acknowledge that they're scummy and like there's bigotry and there's just bad things going on in there. But I think that is kind of wizards puts themselves in the spot by talking the talk. So they have to walk the walk too. And I think that's that's a little bit of what we're seeing here and why people are... Because I, I can understand how frustrating it must be to say, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to spend a bunch of time, effort, and resources into deciding which cards we want to ban. We're going to do this thing. It's going to be a good statement that people are going to love. And then people come in and just dogpile, right? And they're mm -hmm. just like, no, I hate this. I hate that. Screw mm -hmm. this. Screw that. And and I feel for the people who are working there who mean well, who are trying mm -hmm. to do the right thing, who are actively trying to engage with people in the community who are just they're they're just you know they're they're, they're getting roasted and and I feel for that but I also man I really just wish I I hope that we can revisit this conversation months from now and yeah. to to be clear a lot of these changes that we're talking about with hiring take a long time oh, yeah. to see yeah. like this is not something like that's why if, if they wanted to say it, they would have needed to say that this was an intent and that it's going to happen a long time from now mm -hmm. because it's just kind of, it's one of those things that you don't actually get to see the benefits of it for a long time. Mm -hmm. You have to be and committed that, to it today and you have to stick to it. And maybe like a year from now, we'll see meaningful exactly. changes. I think meaningful is the key word in what you just said, Gabby. Meaningful change always takes time. You don't wake up tomorrow and have meaningful change. It just doesn't work. I mean, maybe you can have an epiphany. I don't know. But I just, I feel like a company of this size, corporations, like it's just going to take time. I will say this because you were talking about racist companies and companies that have poor statements. Ben and Jerry's has some of the best kind of corporate statements surrounding Black Lives Matter and everything happening in the world right now. Those Ben and Jerry are just, they're just no joke. They're just, they are not taking it. They're just. Are they? I haven't. I haven't seen it. this. I'm gonna have to go check it out. You should. Yeah. You should. They've, they've they've already been. I think they've been arrested multiple times since everything's happened with the George Floyd incident for protesting and stuff like that. And it's Ben and Jerry's. Like they they have enough money to kind of comfortably just fade in the background wherever they want. But they are not. That is not their. That that's, is not. That's their great. Animal. I love that. They're, it's it's awesome. One of the things I do. I think we're remiss if we don't touch on. Is. Because this is my, my, my actual earnest reaction here. So I, I am curious to see what the world at large thinks here is. I, I, I am okay banning these cards. I think they should be banned. I think that's very right. I think, you know, get them out of here. Get it out for the right reasons, cultural insensitivity and racism. I don't like, there's a little too much erasure going on here. I am, I, am, I am a very big believer in those who you know forget the past or doomed to repeat it. I don't like those things. I don't want monuments. I don't want statues of, of these you know, things that we don't. But- but I think there's we're going a little too far down the line of erasure. We need to remember these things. We need to know these things are out there. You know, invoke prejudice was a magic card, still is a magic card, it's just banned everywhere. But I mean, just saying that it's gone and we're just ignoring it and it's totally gone now, 
I, I think that's very dangerous and I don't like going down that path. I agree. Um, I actually was going to, it's funny, I, I was going to make sure we talked about this right before we finished the episode because it's, it's something where I have a tough time finding where I fall on it because I completely agree that these cards should have no place in the game, right? At least, at least invoke prejudice, right? It seems like there are diverging opinions with some of the other cards, but it, it does feel like the way Wizards is going to handle it is they're going to replace the card images and gather with a following statement. We have removed this card image from our database due to its racist depiction, text, or combination thereof. Racism in any form is unacceptable. and has no place in our game nor anywhere else. But that doesn't really... That that does feel a little bit like Erasure. Like, this is this this feels like, oh, you know, out of sight, out of mind. And that's not... That's just not how things work, right? Mm -hmm. I also have a tough time knowing how else they could have handled it, though. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, there is... There's a lot surrounding this and some of it again i have a legal background i i am very like uh I, I i am very kind of american in in terms of like how much i love the constitution i'm, I'm very patriotic in that sense and I, I love a lot of the values that are codified there and so erasure always feels like it's very very damaging to my conception of what the first amendment is about about free expression and things like that i think having a statement that says hey we don't I mean, the statement, the statement says, we don't condone this. This, this is, this is, this is racism or this is culturally insensitive. It has no place here, but yeah, we did do it. Like, let's not pretend we didn't publish this card. Let's not pretend that this card wasn't legal in this game, that we're all part of this community. We're all part of for a very long time. That's the dangerous part. Condoning it now is okay. Own that it happened. Own that it won't happen again. Right. But I, I do I do get worried when it's like, hey, this was a mistake and uh, someone lift that rug for me and there we go. Hey, we already said it was a mistake because it's very, very easy to forget these things if we don't own that we we did this. Mm -hmm. We did this thing, you know? Uh, I, I was trying to think like, have I cast? I don't think I've cast. Oh, I've cast Crusade. Do you know how many times I've cast Crusade? Like so many times in Games of Magic. Um, so it's not like I'm, I, you know, we've all, I, I think all of us have played with different cards on this list before over and over while we were playing magic, while we were part of this community, right? So just pretending it never happened or pretending those cards aren't out there is, is dangerous. And, yeah. I, and it's it's a thin line. I don't know. I don't know where you cut it. It I'm is not very that. difficult to figure out where, like what yeah. is the, it's a, it's it's tough for sure. Ooh. So, that, there's been, a, we've covered, a, we've covered a lot. Here. We covered a we've lot covered of ground. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, one of the other things that's important is I hope this is a dialogue. I hope, I hope uh, everyone listening to this, anyone watching this on YouTube, any of that, like at us, I, there's a lot to talk about here. There's a lot to express, even if it's not a question or something like that, just expressing yourself. I mean, uh, I think that that's very, very important here. Uh, my buddy Graham uh, never posts on social media. And when all of this was happening with Black Lives Matter and, and, and Blackout Tuesday, he felt so strongly that uh, about this stuff that he started posting on social media and he had this weird reflex which i understand he was like i feel like i'm a fraud i don't post on social media and i feel like people are going to attack me and be like dude what the heck you're just jumping on this bandwagon uh and you don't really post on social media and my answer to him was like you want to jump on this bandwagon against racism and hatred and, and black lives matter <laughs> 
there's plenty of room, dude. Just just yeah. start posting. Like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, like, you're right. No, I completely agree. And and yeah. I think it'll also be important for us to acknowledge if we see meaningful change here. Like if we see things mm-hmm. improving or if we see a commitment from Wizards and we see tangible things about how things are improving, we we, sh- we will talk about that. Like I think you have our commitment yeah. from Absolutely. that perspective. And uh, also just try to be kind with when you have these conversations with people because I think a lot of people can sometimes approach these topics from um, ar- arguing in bad faith. And mm-hmm. you mentioned it, Mashi, but God, I feel bad for the, the community managers and, and the social oh, media geez. people at Wizards right now because they are also just getting bombarded with all this stuff and and they can be very well-meaning. They can have their heart in the right place and these conversations are just tough to have. So just keep that in mind. There's, there's human beings all across the board through all Absolutely. these conversations. And and these are these are human not only are they human beings, they are not the human beings deciding these things. Oh, completely. You are not you are not interacting with the decider. You are interacting with the messenger. So find a way, maximize that messenger. Get a way to get that message to whoever you're reaching out to, whoever, whether it's Wizards of the Coast or anyone. Use that messenger. Communicate with them in a way that's proactive, that that you know, I mean, yelling at someone, think about the times you're yelled at. Do you listen to that really well? Are you taking anything meaningful from being right. yelled you just, at you over You just immediately like clam up. You're just not going to have a meaningful conversation yeah. from that spot. So yeah, I think, uh, I think kindness while having, trying to have these conversations also goes a long way. Yeah. Uh, and listen and be empathetic. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's all part of kindness. So, oh, final, Ooh. I mean, wow. Final thoughts on, on this. I mean, I think we could, we could do just the next 30 episodes on. on yeah. This I stuff. mean, we could so, obviously yeah. keep going. I, I, I feel like I said everything I wanted to say about this and I do think it will be important for us to keep looking and seeing what yeah. actually comes from this. Like this isn't just for wizards. This is just at large. I think the, the, the disaster here would be if we just continue life as normal and like no meaningful yeah. change comes from it. So I think it's important to be to try to do better and also keep people accountable to being better. I love that. I love that second part because one of the things I, I've said pretty consistently in my, my personal life and publicly is like our job, as I said earlier on this podcast, is to keep this conversation going. Just keep, you know, it, whether it's protest, whether it's just, you know, my, my, my friend Graham, again, he's got some uh, <clears throat> family members, extended family members who are, as he put it, just for lack of a better term, racist. Mm-hmm. And he started posting this stuff and they started messaging him. And he's like, I just, it was so uncomfortable, but he started having those conversations, mm-hmm. you know, have those uncomfortable conversations, do it, do it with empathy, try to respect the other side, understand that, you know, you want to educate, you don't want to tear down, you want to educate because that's how you make lasting change. But I, we all, you and I, and everyone listening to this and, and anyone watching this, we all need to hold each other accountable. That's what this moment's about. We all feel something right now and we need to make sure that we keep feeling that and that we make sure that others keep feeling that. That's the goal. And so for, for all of you out there who listen, who watch, who interact with, with, with me or any of us and I'll throw Luis and everyone else that's part of this Channel Fireball brand and works at Channel Fireball, hold us accountable and let's hold – and we'll hold you accountable. Let's hold each other accountable for this moment because this is a moment that we need to take – I mean – Channel Fireball President CEO John Sasso, he brought his kids to some protests because it was so important to him. He's like, I want the boys to see this. I want the boys to be a part of this. My buddy Eric down south in LA, exact same thing. One, he's like, I need my sons to see this. And these are these are white guys, right? They, they, you know, it's like I, my sons, my sons need to be a part of this. My children need to be part of this moment. They need to see this, and I want them to remember it. I want mm-hmm. them to know what this was about. That's great. So yeah, I think that's so so key. COVID. COVID's out there, so be right, be responsible right. Be responsible for it, when right? you do yeah. all the stuff. <laughs> yeah. 
But okay. So, um, hey, if you want to give us that feedback about this discussion or have an opportunity to uh, uh, express yourself, especially if you feel like you're not getting any traction and you want to be constructive and, and speak your mind, I, I'm happy to amplify that in my very, very small way. I know Gabby. We, the, the, you know, the bump from the left. The bump from the left, <laughs> as I like to call it. But anything we can do to elevate voices that want to be part of this conversation you know, I think that's a huge part of, of what we need to do here. So I'm very committed to that. You can find us, this podcast, at Magic FM Podcast. Uh, of course, we are on YouTube. If you're listening to the podcast, you can actually watch us talk about this stuff, youtube.com slash channel fireball. We're on channelfireball.com proper. You can download both the podcast and the video there. You can find me on social media where I'm happy to talk about this and, and anything else. It doesn't have to be about this. Anything else at Mashi Scanlon across all social media platforms. You can find her at twitch.tv slash Gabby Sparts or on social media at Gabby Sparts. Thank you so much for uh, getting on this ride with us and listening to us talk about this stuff. Would love to hear any feedback for any episode, but this topic in particular, I think is something that um, has is very, very near and dear to my heart, very, very near and dear to Gabby's heart. So thank you so much for uh, listening to us. Would love to hear from you. Ah, it's been a long ride this week. Thanks for sticking with us. We'll be back next week for more Magic FM. Until then, be wonderful. Be wonderful to yourself. Be wonderful to each other. And each other includes Wizards of the Coast, everyone. Okay, so be wonderful to yourself and be wonderful to each other. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.